Well, all right. Would you pray with me over this message? Lord, I just pray that these are your words. And God, I pray that you speak boldly and clearly to all of us, that we walk away today having heard from you, um, and that our hearts are ready for your truth. And so, Lord, I pray that I don't speak my opinions. This is your truth this morning, and we pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so we are continuing on our series on the promises of God. And as we kind of sang this morning, the core of this is that if we believe that God is faithful, then we believe that he is going to keep the promises he gives to his children. But the question is, what are those promises? What are the, the promises of God that we can trust in our life, that we can live our life based on believing and knowing that he will be faithful to do those things. And so this series is, is to get us started on that. This is not an exhaustive list of the promises of God. I'm still finding new promises every time I read the Bible. But for the person who maybe has, has not looked into the promises of God, this is a good place to start. This is a, a good uh, list that you can go, let me really make sure I believe and know these things are true for me. And for someone who maybe has known these for a long time, Hopefully it's a really good reminder of some of these promises that either we forgot or just haven't thought about in a while for us to remember what God has said and what he has promised to us. And so, so far we've talked through the promise of, I will fight for you. When you're being attacked, when you are scared, when you feel like someone's going to hurt you, trust that if you just keep doing what you know you're supposed to be doing, keep going the direction that I've told you to go, I will fight for you. You just need to quietly wait. Then we talked about I will never leave you, how that's the key to courage. If you want to know how can I become a courageous Christian, the Bible basically says here's the key, Here to un here's how to unlock that. Believe and know that no matter where you go, the worst possible situation you could go into, that God will be with you in that situation. And that's really the key to courage. And so we're going to continue on today with promises. Um, but first, let me just explain to you so you guys can understand where I'm coming from a lot. And some of you maybe have already realized this. You've hung out with me a lot. Is I have a horrific sense of direction. Anybody else here have a terrible sense of direction? Yeah, like I think there's a part of the human brain that kind of tracks and makes maps when they live and go throughout life. And that part of my brain just, I didn't get one. There's just no tracking. I could have, I've lived in cities for years and still not known where anything is. I pretty much use my GPS at all times. So if you ever ride with me and you see me pull out my GPS for some place in town, Mind your own business. That's what I have to do to not get lost. I have a terrible sense of direction. And with that being said, I have spent a good part of my life lost. That's just a big part of my life is just being lost. Being like, I don't really know where I'm going. I don't know what's going on. I'm hoping, in fact, and this is the truth, is that if I'm not quite sure which way to turn, what actually works best for me is to ask myself, what way do you think you should turn and go the opposite way of that? That works out for me more often than not. I actually go, what's my gut tell me? 
go the opposite way. And it works a lot. So I am lost a lot. And I think for a lot of us, being lost is not a good feeling. It's not a place we want to really spend time in because you kind of lose all your security. You're, you're not quite sure. You feel foolish. You feel embarrassed. You look around and everybody else seems to know where they are and where they're going. And you're the one that either has to humble yourself and admit that you have no idea where you're going or you have to pretend like you do when you don't. Neither one of them are very good. And, and probably for most of us, even our, our first time being really lost, you can probably still remember it. It was probably at like a grocery store when you were a kid and all of a sudden you looked up and realized you don't know where your mom is anymore. And it's this scary place and, and you get really freaked out. And, and for most of us, we don't like spending time lost. We'll, we'll do pretty much whatever we have to do to not spend time lost. And unfortunately, in our life, not in a physical sense, but in a, in a mental sense, we unfortunately as adults spend a lot of our life just feeling lost in life. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's kind of the same thing. You look around at other people and everybody else seems to know where they're going. Everyone else seems to know what their future holds, where they're going, all of that stuff. And yet you're the one who's got to pretend like you do, even though deep down you're like, I have no idea where I'm going. I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. I am so lost. I'm just trying to survive every day. And that's where most of us are at. And that's good news is that even though you look around and everybody seems to know exactly where they're going and exactly what they're doing, they don't. That's the big secret is we're all kind of lost. We're all just kind of pretending like we know where we're going and what we're doing. But most of us are just kind of taking one day at a time. And so we have to deal with this uncertainty of feeling a little lost, right? Should I, should I take this job? Should I, should I go here? Am I, am I leading my family right? Are we going in the right direction? Am I building my life in the right way? Am I, am I lost? And for some of us, it might not be even feeling lost in that kind of sense of am I in the right job or am I going the right way? Sometimes you, you might just feel like you've lost the plot of things. Have you guys ever heard that phrase before? when you've lost the plot. It means you started doing something for a certain reason, and as you got into it, it got so busy and things got so complicated that at some point you realized you're still doing all of the things that you used to do, but you have forgotten even the reason why you started doing them in the first place. The, the things that you do no longer seem to even go in any real direction because you've, you've lost the plot, right? It's that whole idea of like, I can start writing a story and if I forget where it's supposed to go and I just keep writing, it, it's okay. I'm putting words on a page, but I've lost the plot. So today we, we have to ask ourselves this question. How do I get where God wants me to be? How do I live a life where I don't constantly feel lost? where I don't constantly question if I'm going the right direction, if I'm doing the right thing. Does any, any of the stuff that I'm doing even matter? How do you live a life where those questions are answered for you? 
And we're going to start in Psalm chapter 37, and I'm going to read to you verses 23 through 28. It says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I was young, and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be a blessing. Turn from evil and do good. Then you will dwell in the land forever. For the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. Today, the promise that we're looking at as Christians, as the people of God, is this promise. I will show you the way. Do you know that God has promised that to his people? I will show you the way. I will lead you to where you need to go. That's a promise that he gives to his people. And this is through the Old Testament and the New Testament. I could take you through story after story. We talked about Joshua last week, of that God always puts his people right where they need to go. He leads them exactly where they need to go. Steve read Psalm chapter 23. He leads us to green pastures. This is a promise of God that we see. He's directing us. He's showing us. He's leading us. He, he doesn't just say, hey, get here and then leave us to figure it out. He actually guides our steps. And this is what's so interesting is, is it says the Lord makes firm the steps of one who delights in him. And you might say, well, that doesn't really mean that he's leading us. Maybe it's just wherever we go, he kind of helps us to not stumble and fall. But this is where it's interesting to look at a few translations because in the King James Version, it says the steps of, of those who delight in God are ordered by God. So that seems a little different than to say that our steps are ordered or that he makes our steps firm. And here's where it's really interesting is if you look at the Hebrew word that's used, it's actually both. It means to place something exactly where you want it and to make it firm. So let me explain it to you like this way. If you were going to build a house, what you would probably do is you would probably make sure that you picked where you wanted it to go, Right. If you were going to build a house, you wouldn't be like, ah, just put it wherever, right? You're going to be very, very intentional about where that house goes, but then you're also going to lay a very, very good foundation for it as well, because there's kind of two parts to that. I want to pick the right spot, and I want to make sure it is firm and steady. It's, it's, uh, let me put it to you this way. Let's say you you have an antique vase that's handed down in your family, and you want to display it. There's probably going to be two things that you do to display that vase. You're going to pick where it, where it goes, right? I'm going to put it on this shelf or I'm going to put it over here. I found a spot for it just like I want it. But then you're probably going to make sure that it's really secured there and firm there, right? You might even kind of push it a little bit to make sure that as soon as you turn your back, it's not going to fall over on you. That's what this word means on what God does to us when we delight in him. He picks the spots for our feet. He puts our feet exactly where they're supposed to go. And at the same time, he makes that footing firm so that we're not falling. That's a great promise if you are someone who believes in Jesus because one of the, the hardest burdens of life is just feeling like, am I even where I'm supposed to be? 
Am I even doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Does, does any of this matter? Am I going the right direction? Am I completely lost here? To know that if I delight in God, I don't have to worry about that stuff. He's going to put my feet where they need to go. And even more than that, he's going to make my steps firm along the way. And that word steps in there really does mean like, like your life course. Like this isn't just a physical thing where when I go to work, God's going to make sure I don't slip on ice. It's, it's the course of your life, the direction that you're going. He will direct those things. But here's where the Bible asks us a very, very good question about this that I think is worth looking at. And it's in Proverbs. And I'm going to read to you Proverbs chapter 20, verse 24. It says, A person's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand their own way? Now, this is really interesting because the first part of this verse is a statement. It ends with a period. This is a fact. A person's steps are directed by the Lord. We know that. But then it asks the question after that, how then can anyone understand their own way? Now, this is really, really strange for the book of Proverbs. And we're going to get into that actually coming up. There's a series I'm really excited about where we're going to talk about the different types of books of the Bible and how to read them accurately. But Proverbs, for the most part, doesn't ask questions. It's not an introspective book. It is a book of statements of wisdom. Do this, this happens. Do this, this happens. That's mostly how Proverbs is. It's just a book of wisdom. If you do this, here's what's going to happen. But in the middle of this, we get this really introspective question of, okay, if God directs our steps, how can we even understand our way? Or, or what, what role do we even have to play in all of this? How, what are we supposed to even be doing if, if God is just kind of taking our feet and, and plopping them down and we're just kind of, you know, puppets in this whole thing? What are we even doing? How can we even understand what's the point of us even really caring if God is the one who's doing all that? And like I said, this is incredibly interesting because even in this chapter in Proverbs, there's 30 verses and 27 of them end with periods. It's statement after statement after statement. In fact, I'm going to read to you the verse before and after this. This is Proverbs chapter 20, verse 23, and then 25, so you can see how this is kind of framed in there. The Lord detests differing weights, and dishonest scales do not please him. Then if we jump down to verse 25, it is a trap to dedicate something rashly and only later to consider one's vows. So in the middle of this random just book of wisdom— we have this question, and the verses before and after don't even have anything to do with it. So it's almost like you feel like Proverbs is setting up this big question to answer it, but then it just moves on and never answers it. And I think that that's the question a lot of us ask is, okay, if, if I start to really believe that my steps are directed by God, then what am I even supposed to be doing? What's my job in all of this? How am I supposed to have a part in this? And luckily, the Bible answers it just a few verses or a few chapters before. And this is Proverbs chapter 16, verses 1 through 9. 
It says, to human beings belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. The Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked for a day of disaster. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, he causes their enemies to make peace with them. Better a little righteousness than much gain with injustice. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Now, this word plan is really interesting because basically what's saying here is, is in this whole chapter of Proverbs chapter 16, and I encourage you to go back and read it on your own, is it talks about that relationship between what we do and what God does in the life of a Christian because it's so easy to go to the extreme. Okay, I do absolutely nothing. God just makes everything happen, and I just kind of sit around and watch. And then there's the other extreme where it's like, hey, it's all on me. I got to figure out what I want, and I got to go take it and make sure it happens. And most of us tend to fall in one of those extremes, and then we're like, why isn't this working out for me? And here we see this, this dance between the two, how there is things that we're responsible for, but God takes what we start and he makes them right for us as we give it over to them. And, and that's where he says, in their hearts, humans plan their course. So this word plan is often related to what a, a skilled worker would do. It's, it's, it's like the ability to really sketch out a project and know how it should go. So like if Go back to the idea of building a house. If you were going to hire someone to build your house, you would probably want to hire someone that has enough knowledge to plan it out, right? If you went to hire someone to build their, your house and they're like, I don't know, we're just going to start and see what happens. You'd be like, I'm going to go with someone else. That's a skilled worker, someone who understands things and has spent time learning is going to be able to have a plan for a project. That's what kind of separates skilled people from non-skilled people is that, that ability to, to know what could go wrong, to know what needs to come first, to know what leads to the next thing. We just, I just did a project in our house that was a big deal for me because I'm not a handyman and we put kind of like a fireplacey type thing and all of this and that's what I said to Les. I was like, just so you know, I'm going to have to just like start doing this and then like stuff's going to go wrong and I'm going to have to figure it out. Because I knew I'm not skilled enough to like really anticipate what's going to happen, that the amateur in me is just going to have to get started and see what happens. But that's obviously not ideal for someone who knows what they're doing. And so we see in the Bible that here's our job. This is what we're called to do. We're called to plan. Like that's part of it is take the time to pray on things, to think about things, to plan, to plot a course. All through this, it's like, get started. Start something. To human beings belong the plans of the heart. And so if we are not willing to do any kind of planning, 
And we're just like, God, just take over. Just make something happen for me. I'm just going to kind of sit back and wait. And once you do it all, then I'll just celebrate and clap for you. Not much is going to happen because we have not established anything. We haven't thought through. We haven't plotted any kind of course. So that's our job. Now, here's the problem is how many of you have planned something and it went exactly how you planned, perfectly. No hiccups. Nothing needed to be changed or adjusted. You see, that's the whole point of a plan is you kind of know it's probably not going to go that way, but it gives you a starting point and then you make adjustments as you go. And this is what the Bible says is part of our job is to continue to allow God to make adjustments to our plans as we go. We don't like that. We don't. That's actually one of the ways to be super unpopular with people is try to change their plans on them. We do not like that. But this is when you look at Proverbs and you look at this relationship between what we do and what God does as far as us moving through our life, this is what God basically says, is is you need to plan. You need to to start moving. You need to really pray through and think about where, where, where you know you need to go, what I've called you to, and you need to plot a course and you need to start. But just so you know, I'm probably going to change it. We don't like that, but that's, that's what God has promised. And the thing is, we should like that because we should want God placing our feet where he wants them, right? You probably want that in your life. But the problem is, if we have to create a plan first, then that means that we have to give up our plan in order for God to place our steps. That's hard to do. It's hard to humble ourselves in that way. And so we, we want to ride one way or the other. God, either I don't do anything and you just tell me where to go, or if I'm going to make a plan, then get out of my way. And God's like, that's not how it works. You make a plan, but then you listen to me and let me adjust your plan as you go. That is a difficult balance to make for us because we tend to want it to be one or the other. But again, that's what makes a worker skilled is the ability to make changes, to adapt to a plan as they get into a project and see things are a little different than they thought it was. The role that we have right off the bat, if you're like, I don't know how to live a life where I don't feel lost, the first thing is to plot a course, to pray about it, to seek God and say, what is the direction that I want to go? What, where are you leading me to? And let me start to plan my steps. But then once we start walking, allow God to change our steps. Because here's the thing. If, if I do not lift my feet to move, God has no ability to move my step. If I say, okay, God, I'm just going to wait here and direct my steps, he's going to say, you're not taking any steps. How can I direct steps that you're not even taking? And so we have to go through the process of, well, I think I want to go there, so I'm going to take this step, and now, God, I give you the permission to move my feet and direct me as I go. We see this played out in the New Testament. So Paul was kind of the first missionary 
He was, he was called to reach all peoples. It wasn't just the, the Jewish people for Paul. And so he was like going to like city after city after city. And he knew that he was called to do this. So Paul did kind of what Proverbs said. He's like, here's what I want to do. I want to go to Asia to preach. It makes sense. It, it's in line with, with what I'm called to do. I'm going to plot my course. I'm going to go. But then he remained willing to let God make adjustments to his plan. So this is Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So God just said, no, you're not going there. When they came to the border of Myasia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to, again, changing his plans. So they passed by Myasia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So this is how it kind of plays out. Hey, here's what I know. I know I'm called to preach the gospel. I'm called to be a missionary, so I'm going to plot a course. I want to go to Asia. That makes sense to me. I'm going to start taking steps. But then allowing God to say, nope, not there. Okay, let me try over here. Nope, not there. Okay, God directs his steps exactly where he needs to go. But if Paul would not have even started going, if he would have just said, hey, I'm just going to sit and relax, and God, you can, if you want to direct my steps, direct them, but otherwise, I'm just going to have some pina coladas here and just enjoy, nothing would have happened. It was that balance of, okay, I'm going to start moving. I'm going to start going. I've taken time to plan and plot, but now I will be flexible and I will listen as you direct me along the way. And I might end up in a different spot than I thought, but that's okay because that's where I'm supposed to be. But if we never do our part to start moving, to, to, to pray and think through and say, here's where I'm gonna start moving to, and then allowing God to direct us, we are gonna continue to feel lost in our life if we cannot find that balance between the two. So how do I get where God wants me to be? How do I live a life where I don't always feel lost, where I'm not always just questioning, am I even where I'm supposed to be? Is what I'm doing even mattering? Am I even facing the right direction? It's pretty easy. Move your feet and open your ears. And those things tend to not go together in our life. It's like I will listen while I'm standing still, but once I start going, get out of my way. And that does not work in your walk with God. He goes, start moving, but keep listening as you're moving because I'm going to make adjustments to your plan as you go. And that's the key to ending up where we're supposed to be. That's why the Bible tells us that we need to stay in step with the Spirit of God. Because it's this idea that as we're stepping, he's placing our feet. But for most of us, if we're just being honest, it's like we don't want to start moving until we are absolutely committed 
to exactly where we're supposed to go. So it's like, once we start moving, it's like, God, no, don't you change my feet. I've already decided where I'm going. And it's having that humility to say, I'm going to start moving, but I'm going to let you talk to me in this. Seek God to plan your steps. Make sure you stay flexible. Take a few steps and then listen. Any of you guys are gr grouse hunters here? Any, anybody? A few. Um, so what's really interesting about, about grouse hunting is one of the techniques that you use is, is you take a few steps and then you stop because it freaks them out. And you just listen because when they hear you walking, they're kind of like, I know where they are. I, I'm kind of hidden. And as you stop, their anxiety starts to go up and, and they don't like that. And oftentimes you'll hear them then fly away or start moving because you've stopped and just forced there to be some silence. And, and that's oftentimes how I try to lead as a pastor or even just live out my life as a Christian is take a few steps and then stop and listen and go, were those good steps? Am I in the right direction? And then a few more steps. And to not get so sold out on, again, our culture has has really sold this. You need to figure out what you want and you need to do whatever it takes to get it. And if you stomp on people, whatever, you're worth it. Go get what you deserve. And this is not the life of a Christian. That's like, I'm gonna start moving, but then God, I'm, I'm listening. Do you want me to go over here or over there? This is the promise that we have. But if we go back to the promise, it's that he will direct our steps. And how amazing would it be to live a life where you are confident that your steps are being directed every single time you take one, that you don't have to question every step you take because you know you're listening and you're allowing God to direct you because he's promised to do that. And so if you guys will stand, I want to pray over you before we close this morning. Lord, I thank you that you are a God that leads us, that you're a God that directs our steps. God, that, that even though we, we plot our course, Lord, we, we, we make our plans, we, we try to be wise in what we do, that ultimately we are so reliant on you to direct our steps. God, that, that we give you that freedom to, to place our feet exactly where you want to place them as we walk out this life. And Lord, I pray that you, you give us the humility, Lord, even if we really like our plan, even if it's a really good plan that we spent a lot of time on, that we will always listen to you and always give you the freedom to move our feet where you want them. Lord, we wanna be where you've called us to be, Lord God. And so we understand that we need you that that's the only way we get where we're supposed to be is with you directing our steps. But Lord, I thank you that we can have that confidence of if you are directing our steps, our feet will always be firm. You'll always put our feet on, on ground that's not gonna slide out from under us. And Lord, how amazing it is that we can live with that kind of confidence in our footing. So Lord, I pray that for each of us, we would plot our course that we would be wise in, in what, we, what we plan and how we approach life, but then we, we stay flexible and we listen 
and we allow you to make adjustments to every step that we take so that we're in line with you. So Lord, I just pray over everybody here, Lord, that nobody here would ever feel lost ever again. Lord, that there would still be seasons where they're not quite sure what exactly you're doing, but Lord, because they have confidence that you are placing each and every step, that they would never feel truly lost in life ever again. And we pray this in your name. Amen.